Hello out there. We're on the air. It's, it's Rink Moose Talk tonight. The beers are cold. The mics light up. And, and the, the boys, boys get set to fight. The gloves come off. Opinions get thrown. And someone slips on ice. One man howls. The other scowls. But the show must go on. Oh, the good old hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game. You're an announcer with a long stick from time to time. With hockey flows. And Marshawn's nose. And Pierre Maguire's life. Not John's a leaf. Ovechkin's teeth. And Hoffman's crazy wife. When Carey slumps. And Benjamin stumps. Durant's not LaFontaine. Jokes aside, it's podcast time. And Rink Moose is the name. Greetings and salutations. And welcome to episode 31 of the Rink Moose Hockey Podcast, a weekly episodic podcast where two good friends get together and discuss all things NHL and their implications in fantasy hockey. I am one of your hosts, Nick Costu, alongside my good pal tonight, uh, the one who I will call on this given night, the Devonte Smith Pelly wannabe, oh, Kyle what Knight. What the fuck is that? That's, That's a that? load of shit. That's not full of shit because, as you know, we recently just registered for our annual summer three-on-three hockey league, courtesy of the ASHL. And uh, Kyle here requested a particular jersey number. Now hold on, me, just he's, a he's left me kind of dumbfounded. In case everyone didn't know, Kyle is a fan of the number 25. And he's requested the number 25, which I just don't know what the inspiration is there. I'm just, I'm a little confused. Well, Nick, first of all, when I meant... And hey, and, and, and I'm looking at the list here. And it's it's Dusty Company. I mean, straight up just Dusty Company that you're alongside with. We're talking uh, Brett Ritchie, Oof. Darnell Nurse. That's enough. Kase. That's enough. Actually, he's a good player. Green, Carlo, Brassard. Oh, it's just dusty. Now, here's the thing. For two things. First of all, when I said player, when I said choose a player bio for this thing, this thing we're talking about, I didn't mean that associated with the number. That's ridiculous. I mean play style. Second of all, the reason I ch- I always choose twenty five is because it's because uh, I'm born on Jan two five. That's I don't, stupid. I don't Come need on. I don't need inspiration from any player because I make my own inspiration. You want to make your own legacy? Yeah, you don't I mean, follow others. I mean, at least I'm not making it in like a random number generator like our friend Dante chose number thirty nine. Right. What's worse than that? Mm-hmm. That's a mistake. It's not. It's not even divisible by five or two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it's. It's just. I know he's upset about it, and we're sorry to bring it up on the show, but, I mean, it had to be said. He chose 39 with a ge- with a name generator and stuck with it. So Nick's pulling all the strings he can on yeah, the back he, end he's here scr- to fix he's this. He's scrambling. He's scrambling. He wants, he wants the GM. He wants the commissioner on the horn. He needs yeah. his number changed before the season starts. He sure does. So let, let's back oh. it up here, Nick. We, we got to tell the, the listeners here, we just signed up for... Uh, for a little three-on-three action over the summer in this in this really cool league where it keeps track of all these stats and lineups and 
you know, team stats and all this kind of crap. So, so what me and Nick were all excited about was uh, there's a little player bio thing. And what, what this is mainly for is you describe the kind of player you are so that other teams, if they need to pick up a spare player, you can actually make yourself available to play on other teams as like a, a rental. So that's that's where you put in your, your fill in your bio. Tell them what kind of player you are. So we, we thought it would be a fun little activity if uh, we each kind of guess or or estimate what kind of player the other guy is. And then we say who we are as a... Uh, as our prototypical guy, so this will be pretty ruthless. Oh, that's it can, it you know only what? can be. No, there's no good way to do this. You can be you can be, re- you can be serious about it. Brutally honest, man. Oh man, you you must think so low of me if you put Devon Devonte Smith probably got waved. I'm not saying you're the same. I'm just saying you wear the same number, and oh, all that... these guys are dusty. But Nick, that's no that's no way to compare someone. We don't we don't compare no 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 absolutely Crosby not. to uh, who the other guy Brashear whatever the fuck his name was who wore eighty seven mm. on Washington sure so this is just a ridiculous way to go about no things. no 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 yeah no that's an uneducated answer just to say you're Devonte Smith Pelly for the sake that you just wore twenty five but it's still a dusty number nonetheless yes okay so who wants to start here I'll start okay. Actually, no, no, no. I'll I'll start. I'll start. I'll start. I want to go. So I'm gonna say who I think that you play like. And right. I had to really think about this. I'll be honest. The first name I landed on, Nick, was uh, a, a guy named Jake Vertanen. Okay. Yeah. I'm just not. It doesn't resonate with. What me. do you I, think I, of I that? I don't know the player too. I don't know the player very well. Ah, oh, come on. He, he plays on the West Coast for Vancouver. I don't really watch a lot of Canuck games. Okay. Uh, was he a first rounder? He was Pretty a sure oh, he, was. he was a seventh, eighth overall guy. Well, there we go. He used to be good, but he's never been but good. But I, I can't. Yeah, I mean, I I watch Van, when I do watch a Vancouver game, he doesn't stand out. You know, there's only a handful of names that do, and and that guy just doesn't make the cut. Well, I I kept going. I kept thinking about it because I didn't think that was a a very, it wasn't the best thing. And you know what I landed on? You, you might like this. Pretty solid. Kevin Hayes. What do you think of that? It's pretty good. I, again, I don't watch him enough. No, neither do I. I just think of Kevin Hayes as like a solid guy, you know, not, uh, you know, he just, he gets his shots in, nothing too fancy here. Uh, he'll, he's able to grind for you. He'll back check, you know, good, good leadership guy. And he's a good character. No frills. Like what I was looking for was no frills, shoots, shoots the puck uh, pretty free, frequently and, yeah. uh, and he can dish sometimes. That's good, yeah. Sometimes, no, I, sometimes. I'm, I'm flattered. I'm actually shocked. This was not as savage as I thought it was going to be. Well, I was at first. I was thinking savage, and then I was like, yeah, you know, let, let's 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 surprise the guy. All right. Yeah. Duly noted. Yeah. Oh, so now 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 you have to say like what you would put in your own bio. What I would call myself is yeah. a Zach Hyman. Oh, that's the other and one I was I thinking got a number, of. I got a number of reasons for this one. A, I will play two ways. I will I will forecheck tenaciously. I will win yeah. the puck off the opposition in their zone. Yes. I will slash guys. I will lift their sticks. I will get that puck, even in shinny, as you know. Mm. And, uh, and, and, and you know, I'll, I'll back check. I'll kind of be a, 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 uh, a coach's pet, you know. I'll suck Ooh. up to the coach, get the extra ice time. Listen to his tactics, you know, 
I, I often think I'm one of the smarter players in terms of hockey IQ. I know where to be. You know, Dante always says, Nick, you, you're just in the right place at the right time. That's how you get your goals. It's yeah. kind of like Hyman. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and speaking of which, like I, that's also it. Like I'm not just the grinder, but I can be a middle scoring guy on it, you know, and, and that's exactly what Hyman is. That's, mm. that's just, that's just what he is consistently every year so far of his career. So Hey, I know it's local and it's not, I'm not really thinking out of the box because it's not like a different team, but I watch a ton of Leaf games and I just, this guy is, is me essentially. Mm. Yeah. I, so. Honestly, I was thinking that too, but then I, he I heard you say earlier, like before we were on the show, you're like, I'm not a hymen. I'm a playmaker. I don't want to grind. I make great. <laughs> so I was too. like, damn, I am. I am as well. So. I might have to like think about that in the future, like a guy who has that tenacious, you know, play play style of Hyman, but also can make some some very sneaky good plays sometimes. Mm. You know. Now, Nick, here here's the one thing I'll I'll say to you: if if you want to keep up this picture perfect image, mm. you're gonna have to get your conditioning up, my friend. This is big ice out here. Yeah, yeah. Three yeah, on three, yeah, big yeah. ice. You you expressed your concern about you huffing and puffing out there, mm -hmm. so. I want to see you on the on the workout bike every other yeah, day. Yeah, that's the, that's the problem, right? Yeah, I don't have ice here. I'm not I'm not playing like you uh, guys are. I'm, well, I'm for the next month. I'm essentially a hermit studying for exams. No, and don't so, do this. And so it's the least ideal scenario to be in for mm. when you're prepping for this for this. What's going to be an amazing league? Yeah. And so I I think I'm going to be one of those guys who very much like the NH NHL it's kind of like that restricted free, free agent he kind of signs late you know kind of mm. like Nylander he's going to need oh, a few games shit. to get his legs going you oh, know boy. people are going to criticize him I'm, my name's going to be in the paper I'm not you know I'm not going to be everyone's friend but you know come come mid-season I'll be in true form oh and, he's, and then he's the still real, not in, real in Nick form will show himself. he's still not in form Nylander oh, yeah well, he's, he's looking really good come oh on. come on He's got his legs under him for sure. Yeah, he's got his legs. He's got his he's legs. got the legs. He's working on the hands. They're coming along. You just got to score some goals. Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. All right, let's switch it yeah. up. So, so you want me to comment on your player? Is that right? Yeah. So who do I think you play as? <coughs> yes. <clears throat> okay. Uh, yeah, I... William uh, Butcher. No, I think you're flattered. I, I think it's it's so flattering for me to say this, and and it's so fitting that he wrong. is your favorite player. That that's Jonathan Drouin. No, you that's such shit. You know it. Not, he's your favorite player. You that's such a cop out answer. That's the worst. It's not a you cop out give. answer, and I'm gonna explain it to you. Okay. It's cop sometimes out. sometimes like sometimes you just don't look into the game. And then okay. when you get the puck, when you get the puck, it's like you turn on the accelerator and it's like 10 out of 10. And that's, that's how shinny. I like to find Jonathan Drouin. The guy's just, he looks like he's going 50% out there gliding around the ice. <laughs> and then when he, and then when he gets the puck, it's like, boom, okay, now I got to go hard. You are and, so and, full of it. And, and sometimes he'll make a beautiful play. It'll make the highlight reel. And and you'll gush about no. this great player. And other times, like some You're parts so in the game last it. night. Sometimes again, like that game against Carolina, you just don't know what he's doing. Like he almost tries to do too much. He gets the puck. He 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 almost overthinks himself, and he just makes an awful play. Wow. Um, but there are some things that you know the two of you don't show. I mean, uh, Drew Ann, he's probably more emotional on the ice. You know, we saw that with the hand wave recently. 
you know, he, he'll get upset on the ice and do do stuff like that. You you not so much. Um, you keep your emotions on the inside. Um, so yeah, this is poor. I'm, I'm gonna say why is it, it poor? Here. This is a poor poor <laughs> comparison here. You must well, you I must need, think hey, so low. Of that me. was the first. That just went to my mind like from the get go for all those reasons I just listed. Well, let's I could see. probably think of another player. I just need time. But that's what just boom popped up in my mind. You are truly an ass. Why? Why is that problematic? This is the the probably the player in the entire universe of this sport taking the most heat in the whole universe, including yeah, but Earth, I'm not commenting Mars, on that. So I'm moon. just saying play style. Who do you play as? No, know? it's not like. But now you're saying he's got I have speed. He's got hands. He's got a wicked shot when he wants to use it. Okay, you have you you have to th don't think of shinny because that's different. That's you know people don't always try it shinny. You just you're you're labeling okay, me fair. for, for okay, these fair. Bad. You know what? I re I regret. Okay, you are you can be defensively aware sometimes. You can be tenacious in an important game. Okay, I'll block shots. I, I, I rescind that. You've never blocked a shot for me. So I've blocked, blocked shots a shot for me. You don't block a shot for Nick. Nick, when have we ever played a, a legit game together? Not shit. Never. Exactly. Actually, yeah, we yeah we, back in uh, undergrad. I don't recall oh, you blocking any shots. What you I hell? You did two games. You didn't. You played three games. Exactly. Because I was you injured. Didn't even show up. You didn't even show. That sounds like Druan to me. <laughs> no. That sounds like Druan. That one year I traded for him in fantasy off your team. He just sits out the whole year. Oh, That's exactly what you did. Now I don't even like. We should just move on. Now this is getting out of control. This is I'm getting way out honest. of hand. I just don't think you fully appreciate how similar you two are. I I see myself as relatively defensively responsible when I want to be. When you want to be. But the, I, you I have to remember, I agree. this is this is like, you've seen me mostly at Shinny. Yes, and, in a three-on-three three playoff game. In a three-on-three, three, you are defensively responsible. Exactly. Oh, I got it. Why not Jonathan Taves? Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> There we go. It's the easiest oh. one. It's so fitting. This sucks. I've even I, that doesn't suck. Okay, fine. But that's you like yes. Why am I not? Yes. Nick, Let's redo that entire take. How did I miss that? Nick, this doesn't. Holy make any... shit. Okay. Holy shit. <laughs> you relax. How did I miss that? <laughs> Would you relax? Like it's totally against what you just said. You just oh, said Jonathan Drouin, no. and now you're gonna Point. go to the most. The most defensively responsible player out there. He no, he's not the most defensively responsible player he's, out there. He's one of the better two. I'm forward. just saying, in terms of like, this is so close. Like, in okay. terms of okay. like, just like play and naughty. Like, half of it is just mannerisms. Like, okay. the two of you are so <clears throat> fucking similar. Like, listen to a Taves interview. That's how you would be interviewed. <laughs> you'd okay. get the same answers. You'd have the same fucking look on your face. Jonathan <laughs> I see I, I kind of get what you're saying there and all that but uh, I was thinking about it and uh, I think I'm gonna land on Ryan Johansson simply for the fact that he's he's mainly a playmaker he he's he definitely tried tries to use his body to you know he's got a little bit of power forward in him and uh he's decent he's a decent skater he's not gonna wow you but uh, but he's, he's a decent skater and that that's uh that's probably lower praise than than what you said, but I think it's more it's more fitting than than Taves because I know people didn't hear it, but uh, you were really ripping my two way game just uh, just ten minutes ago. So let's uh, let's meet in the middle, shall we? 
I yeah, I mean, until you mentioned a good point with the shinny stuff. You know, most of my exposure to you is in the casual hockey realm. Yes, but when it yes. when it's a real playoff game, you need to win. You'll you'll hustle. You'll, oh yeah, you'll, no, you'll I'll hustle, back so. big time. So so no no no, I I, I stand by the Taves pick. I uh, I apologize for calling you Duran. <laughs> Though still, there still are glimpses of that. You, oh sure, you will you will get the puck. You'll try to do too much. You'll think you're Nathan McKinnon, and you're just not. You're just Fair. not. Yeah, no, I get and, it. And and you're you just blaze down the zone. You'll whip a shot, quick release. You'll look good doing it. And it'll go like three meters wide. <laughs> it's just the reality. That's just it. Oh, you're not, you're not Magoni. It's not like when you grip the puck, you know where it's going. You know. <laughs> True. Fair enough. That's why. That's why my Ryan Johansson pick, eleven goals on the year, makes perfect sense. Perfect sense. Mm. Definitely not mm. a sniper. Uh, you could score more than eleven goals. Come on. Oh. Three on three. Three on three. You were up there with the goal leaders. Top two. Two. Two or three goals, goal leaders, I'd say. Uh, I don't know. Depends. I like. I, I don't usually play that style, but but uh, I, I digress. And, and you know what? It's it's funny. It's fun having this conversation because it's it, it 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 you you learn something about the other person that you wouldn't think, right? I always thought of Kyle as more of a goal scorer than a playmaker. Really? You know? Yeah. And now I'm realizing we can't play together anymore. What? I'm a, I'm more of a playmaker. I don't I don't I don't try to score. I don't have a great shot, but I can mm. set up plays very well. Mm. And so this just tells me this is an incompatible relationship. We're just yeah. not meant to be together. And now so we, we both agree Magoni's a goal scorer. Magoni's a goal scorer. Okay. You man. go with Magoni, I go with his brother. The whole <laughs> Magoni family is full of goal scorers. <laughs> what about Dante? Dante's his own breed. He's a uh, Shea Dante's Weber. His own breed. Shea Weber Shea from Weber? the back. He's got the character of Weber. Oh, you know what? Maybe like uh, what uh, what's the guy in San? He's Jose? also always looked up. He's always looked up to Shea Weber. Really, he's a favorite of Dante's. Yes. Oh, Petrangelo too. That's another good one. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. There you go. A lot of similarities there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And of course, Magoni is John Tavares. 40 goal oh, score absolutely absolutely Sto stoic as a stone on the ice stoic good shot good awareness knows where to be gives a candid interview after the game super candid super you clean know. clean interview just a clean guy all around yeah he's not yeah. gonna slash you, know, you. no 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 off ice issues he's just he just does his thing consistent, consistent. effort oh yeah exactly yeah. there you go there you go every single day he's gonna act so the same way that's like half the team we've blabbered off there on, on who their comparison is. It's great. Yeah, it is good. But Nick, we got we got to move on. Unfortunately, now uh, you had a you had a bit of luck in fantasy hockey. What what the hell happened? What the hell happened? Well, let me get into it here. I got notes. Oh god, get ready, folks. All right. So as much as I want to sit here and say. Because this was my original take. I was going to come onto the show, sit down and say, you know, this was simply, you know, inexperience versus experience. This, it was like a hard-nosed playoff series. And, and the, the op, you know, they both give it a good fight. But at the end of the day, it's just one of those where when the dust is settled, you say, you know, that team had been there before. The, the other team kind of, the, they got scared by the theater. They got mm. afraid. The and and the more and the more experienced team won, 
and mm. and I and I kind of wanted to sit here and and that was going to be my take and just say you know Mitch he was great and, and he's young still and he'll be back, oh my but at, at this point <laughs> at this point it was the veteran who just he 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 just he just took the reins and 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 won the series as he should, mm-hmm. but but the reality is, I also think you know he he kind of beat himself in oh, a way you know I wow. didn't have a great week I I I I made some managerial miscues. I did not have great splits. Mm. It was far from the perfect week. But when you're when you're when you're when the guy you're playing sits Pecorine on the Monday starting the week, and Pekka pitches a shutout, I mean you're immediately kicking yourself, are you not? Yeah. Oh, for sure. So I mean, he gets that shutout. That's another stat there because no one had got a shutout all week. He gets another win. He might win the whole thing if he just starts Pecorine that night. Mm. And so, you know, as much as I want to stand here and say I did the perfect job and I my managerial, you know, moves of the week were perfect and, and it was just a perfectly played week, I can't really say that. And and to me, it sounds like I instead went up against a guy who, while he had a really good team and that a lot of people that I showed our teams to said he had a better team going in, including yourself, I just think he kind of beat himself here. You know, I didn't beat him. He beat himself. Would you agree with that assessment? Uh, you know, Nick, I, I can't... Uh, I did look at the scoring at the end, but I can't say I was following too, too closely on on that little matchup there. But what I will say is what I've noticed is Mitch... Uh, I think he, he maybe he played it... I think he maybe played it too safe. He, too safe. he didn't go for it. And uh, I think he had he didn't have as much faith in his team as he probably should have. And, uh, yeah, I, th- I think he, he could have done a bit more. But at the same time, like you said, he's a rookie. And we, we need to acknowledge that this is his first year in the league. Or, no, second no, no, second year. year, second year. But still, that's 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 pretty fresh. Pretty darn fresh. And he's never been in the finals. So, so it was a good experience. There is, there is merit to that argument, that the veteran won out and, and the, yeah. the, the, oh, the, yeah. the experience showed itself. The, the, the gray beard was the superior person here. I think that's probably the more dominant storyline here. Wow. Like, okay. Like if Mitch was more experienced, then he wouldn't have beat himself, you know, right. at the end Fair. of the day. So and his I, experience I, caused him to have not much faith in his team. And, and yeah. as a result, he beat himself. Yes. And, and well, let's be honest, Flurry was missing all week. Yeah. Yeah. That's that was another hurt. big fat. And Ranton was, too. He got hurt by the weekend. Yeah. <clears throat> and I saw Mitchell last yeah. night at the bar. And, yeah. uh, you know, first thing I did was give him a hug and a pat on the back. And I said, I'm sorry for your loss. Was he at the bar just getting drunk, drinking his sorrows away? No, I, I'd like to tell you that, but he was, he was perfectly fine. He was, perfectly he fine, barely right? cared. He was just like, yeah, it was a tough week. And then he kind of moved on. Like, uh, <laughs> I, I gotta tell you this guy, he's either, he, he might be putting up a front where it's like, he's acting like he doesn't care. But every time I've asked him about it, he goes, yeah, no, it's it's going pretty good. And then he just wow. kind of leaves it alone. So he's just, he's got this mentality to him where he just doesn't give a darn. Or maybe he just doesn't and he gets lucky. Who knows? I don't know what happened. Wow. He crushed Braden, who you were very scared of. So yeah. um, Mitch is a, a huge dark horse. He's capable of surprising people. And uh, he surprised us all year. But it... Uh, it all came down to this, and it looks like the inexperience finally got back to him. It, yeah, but it's, regardless, the silver lining for him is he grew as a player. I, I really believe that. This was a guy who last year went from somebody who we were saying, 
oh, he just made the playoffs. This would be a Cinderella story if he won. Yeah. And, and everyone was kind of rooting for him as this Cinderella. And, and now he <laughs> proved it through his team and his drafting and his acquisitions that, no, this guy's a competitive guy in this league. And this guy could foreseeably win any year. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, he, he certainly showed me a lot and uh, went down with pride, tried till the very end, you know, made some Sunday pickups. I like that. Yeah. And uh, it was very close. I'm telling you, if it, it came to me, it came down to the hits. You know, I had some guys who really stepped up late. Uh, Gustafson <clears throat> on Chicago. Man, that guy's emerging as a star in this league um, is he? And, and he and he, he really helped me on the saturday night um he's he's a stud i can't wait to have him on my team next year just watching him play this guy is <clears throat> unbelievable to watch wow um yeah high praise um and i yeah i mean like i said it came down to the hit and uh and you know the pickups i made were were good you know the the washington guys i went i went hard on the washington guys uh, with the whole schedule and um yeah i mean there was never any doubt and 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 now it was that celebratory feeling when i woke up this morning and didn't have to set my lineup and it was just i won and, mm-hmm. and now i get my whalers jersey i was just gonna ask you where will you spend your winnings? so is that confirmed did you already buy it no i got i got i got bad luck i got bad news on that front oh, so the, no. the the promotion was 50 dollars off you get the jersey for 150 and but i didn't want to pull the trigger this was on thursday and i was i saw the deal and i'm like okay i'm getting this if i win and uh turns out the promotion had ended um by the friday and uh i could not get the 150 dollars rate so it's back oh. up to 200 now will you still and, buy it uh, i'm not gonna buy it not for that money so no. i'm gonna You'll get it somewhere I'm gonna else. wait i'm gonna store that money i'm gonna place it in the bank account no, and uh, the, the second a, a new promotion like that pops up, which I'm don't sure be it will, so cheap. And, and it, what do you mean? Just it's buy it online. Bucks. Buy it on just because I won two hundred means I can just spend two hundred. Well, you buy a fake one online. No, come on, I don't do that. It's got to be authentic. All I've learned from jersey buying is that buying authentic just ends up biting you in the ass. There's I nothing to it. Can't. They. They look the same. They feel the same. The uh, the real Drew Andrews they have bought the numbers peeling off. Like what kind of <laughs> shit is that? Like they don't even stitch the damn thing. It's just a waste, and I'm just so disappointed all the time. I don't know. I think you've just had bad experiences. All oh, my jerseys, they're 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 as they as they are bought from a you know reputable retailer, and and I got no problems, no hassles. Well, here's the thing. Like, I think some of the times you like buy the jersey and then stitch the number and name on afterwards. But I've yeah. I've never done that. Like that the Leafs jersey, the I go. Yeah, the Leafs jersey I got for thirty bucks. And if I were to just throw a number on there and a name, I'm mm-hmm. I'm I'm laughing. I'm under a hundred bucks. I'm uh, I'm killing right. it. But that Duran jersey broke the bank, and it's just peeling off. I'm gonna have to restitch it anyways. Like this is just ridiculous. Don't buy real jerseys. It's just a waste. Yeah, or or buy the real jersey, just no letters, no numbers, and then just get find a guy and have him do it. I guess, and, but then it's it'll like... be oh, so great. It'll look fantastic. Uh, I'm just I'm upset because I shouldn't have to do all that work if I'm going to buy it. Like from I the can't official I site. can't go to bed at night. I can't go to bed at night knowing I own a fake jersey. Oh, and it's just goodness. not authentic. Like that's just there's no pride there. I can't wear that, that jersey with pride. Just can't I do it. I guess right? so. I can't. I can't. I can't. It's just. It's fake. 
that's what it that's what it says to me you know? i used to be like you nick and now i've learned my lesson <laughs> like even even the mckinnon jersey i got for christmas my sister got it from fanatics like see that looks fine that looked fine to me i don't but I don't but know the, the numbers are not stitched so i guarantee you with a little bit of wear and a little bit of life on it it will start to peel and i'm going to be just as pissed mm. Mm. but that's that's yeah. the lesson i've learned maybe one day it'll come at you but maybe yeah, but as of right now, like I said, I'm getting the Whalers jersey. I was debating between the Toronto St. Pats and the, and the Whale Tail, but uh, to, you to, me, the whale. to me, that way, that Whalers, that Whalers jersey is just fantastic. Yeah, good. No, like you said, instant respect on any pond. Instant respect. Any shinny rink, like these guys are, are gonna love it, and you you better live up to the you name. You can wear it for St. Pat's Day, you know. And who are you putting nice. on the back? Well. I did recently find out that Pierre's favorite hockey number growing up was 19. God damn. So I could go with Maguire 19. I could oh. go with Ferraro 26. Lame. Um, I mean, those are the two there. I mean, that would be very fitting. Uh, you know, the 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 sports fan in me, you know, as and, and the broadcaster slash aspiring journalist in me would, would appreciate having one of the two great analysts in this country. <clears throat> Oh, um, on, on that jersey, I, I don't know. One of those two for sure. Oh, you know it's the Maguire that's going to win out. I don't know. I don't, he's never played. He's never laced up his skates for a game in the show. I know, which is why it just like, seems fake. Ne- neither one makes sense to me. No, Ferraro makes total sense. Mm, I know, but what what connection do you really have to Ferraro? Well, he's the best analyst in the country. Oh. Maybe you know chicken parm. We both love chicken parm. <laughs> he's he's got character. Oh, uh, I get yeah. He, I like I like Ray's. He Even got a his lot playing of career. He was a high character kind of a not built tough, not big guy, but mm. but he was very skilled. Scored you know scored something like four hundred and nine goals or something. This guy yeah. this guy was a good player, good character too. Fair enough. Now, do you want to get to the to the real meat of the episode here, Nick? Sure, let's do that. So the Before meat of this, here. yeah, the the meat of this episode is based solely around shit slinging, um, poor class excuse making managers of the NHL, owners slash managers of the NHL, and what do you know? They both are associated with Canadian teams. I'm sure you know what I'm referring to, Nick, and I, and you fans out there, you've you've heard this, but this is the rink moose take. The, the Eugene Melnick comments. Now, why this guy had the, the need to get on radio and start talking about stuff, I have no idea. Why, in the situation that he's in, does he need to get on radio? Now, shall I, shall I walk you through these quotes, Nick? Oh, I'd love it. <sighs> we're going we're gonna to go quote for quote and talk about those things like as they go by like not the whole thing so i'm gonna do the first one here so eugene melnick to the mayor of ottawa regarding LeBreton flats which hits so close to home for you nick because you you wish the rink was in LeBreton flats he says to the mayor of the city <laughs> he is lucky i keep my mouth shut he should keep his shut i would be careful if i was him <laughs> end quote like, I'm sorry <laughs> but you're you're deliberately it sounds like you're threatening the mayor of Ottawa <laughs> over this LeBreton Flats deal 
like this guy's lost his mind and then the mayor just responds as coy as he possibly can just just all class like I don't take my marching orders from Eugene Melnick. He can run his team and I'll run my city. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> this is becoming just a clown show. So, I don't know, like, the why, why would you call out the mayor of a city, Nick? Why? It's bold. It's You're getting into the political. And, and, you, and the second you're getting into the political, it's, it's, uh, that's, no, that's not good. Um, you know, keep, keep your hockey executives, stay to hockey. Don't get into politics. Don't, don't be, you know, accusing and slandering others, especially those with power in the political realm. Mm. It's just, it's just, it's just not wise. And if oh. we learn anything is that this guy just doesn't make wise judgments. It's a big reason by uh, why a lot of Sens fans I've, I've spoken to have said, I refuse to go to a hockey game at the CT center until that man is gone mm. until he's gone. They will not give a dollar to that franchise and and it's things like this that that sparked that but that was just the start of things so why don't you continue with the, the rest of his uh, his quotes here yeah so that's that's the mayor now that's bad enough now what do you do mm. next is you go against the fans the guys that pay the bills <laughs> now this is uh genius level number two so he calls out senators fans who haven't been quote-unquote loyal to the team and he claims that these fans are a disloyal and then he said something along the lines of yeah and they're probably just a bunch of 12 year olds from toronto because one of the most vocal fans was some toronto fan who's who's 12 years old so now like he's just sounding like a bit of a dummy here so now he's all those who criticize him he says they're disloyal fans well maybe they've just got a brain in their head and then now he's going against this 12 year old kid like what the hell kind of nonsense is this i mean a, the 12 year old's probably got more sense in his head than this guy's ever had and uh and th what he's doing right now he's just slinging blame like he's mm. messed up he's effed up this whole scenario and he's just going yeah if the fans aren't coming out they're disloyal i've done my job you know we've we've done a great job we've we've tried to get we've gotten all-star games here we've gotten drafts here uh, you know, I, I've done my job to this to this city, and uh, and now he's calling out the fans. So, yeah, another big f you to the whole organization. Yeah, no, uh, that that's pretty bad. I mean, the the other ones here I think are worse, but I agree. If you're if, you're, if there's anyone you don't want to call out, it's the fans. I mean, when do you ever hear executives, coaches, any front office person call out the fans? Mm -hmm. I mean, that that's just those are the ones paying the bills you know, making sure you still have a job and you're not doing yourself any favors calling them out. So, um, tisk tisk on that one too. Yes. And it keeps going. This, this one I, I like, I like a lot. He, he also insinuated that having stars like Mark Stone, Eric Carlson and Matt Duchesne would hurt his rebuild. And that these players will be too old to help him at the end of their contracts. So he said something along the lines of, we're better off without them. So that, man, you're not gonna sell a lot of tickets that way, man. You're you're not gonna sell a lot of tickets. And then he turns, he tries again. He's he's deflecting blame. So then he turns his attention to the Maple Leafs, uh, the the team he grew up rooting for. He says regarding the Leafs rebuild, he says mistakes were made and somebody forgot about defense. 
Now, that's awful bold coming from the last place team in the NHL, Nick. Uh, mm-hmm. a, a team that's been the joke of all things hockey in the last you know, year. And then this is the best part. This is one of the best parts. Uh, at the end of it, Nick, he tries to get all positive and says, we have 17 picks in the top three rounds in the next three years. Now, Nick, I looked I looked this up. Like, <laughs> It's just factual, factual knowledge here. They actually only have 15, and they don't even mm-hmm. own their stupid pick for this year. So it's just, it's a mess. And again, why does he go on radio if he's just going to deflect blame, make himself look like a fool? And, uh, and and just make a joke out of this organization, which is already, you know, as, as you said, by your experience, you know, enduring enough. Yeah, and I'd also like to find out what the average amount of picks you have in the next three years is in the first three rounds, whatever that stat is. Whatever, he said 15. I wonder what the average is. Because like mm. that, for all we care, for all we know, that could just be an average number, you know? It's not really <clears throat> yeah. saying much. Yeah, exactly. Um. And no, I, I, I liked, I, I like the Leafs one as well, you know, cause he's, he's, he's trying to pick apart this team that everyone loves right now. And it's kind of been the opposite. You had a president who came in and cared, cared with the team. You know, they got a good GM there. They had Lamorello there. It was like the perfectly led, you know, they came in, purged all the, and, 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 and it was the perfect, perfect rebound. And, 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 and now he's deflecting because he can't really, he knows he can't replicate the same process. So he's trying to blame instead. And, and my favorite one was actually him. He was actually calling out media members, individual oh. media members. Ian Mendez, like, yeah. Ian Mendez. Everyone was like, poor Ian Mendez. Yeah. <laughs> what was it? What, like, he, it's funny. It was but, actually funny because he didn't, you know, he didn't disclose the name of the media member. Like, he kind of yeah. just called someone out. And then it was like it was like Ian Mendez on Twitter was like, so Eugene Melnick just called me out for like, <laughs> here it is. So Eugene Melnick just called me, quote, Bush League on the air. <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> yeah. So it totally backfired because he's probably like, OK, you know, whoever this media guy is, he's going to keep it between us. This isn't going to be disclosed. And yeah. then literally the guy goes on Twitter <laughs> oh, and now Mel- Melnick just looks awful. Oh, yeah. Even worse than he did before. Yeah. Uh, so like yeah, it's the, it's rough it's, it's it's stupid and 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 just regarding the leafs like now go figure the the ottawa senators beat the leafs like last saturday or what whatever whatever now the timing's no coincidence is when when he when can he say something bad against the leafs is when he beats them recently like you're such a coward you're such a little piece of shit now the question i want to like after reading all this nick and and absorbing this taking it in I want to ask you, I just simply can't get a pulse on this. What kind of guy is Pierre Dorian? Is he a puppet? Is he a real guy? Is he a man who is stuck in a bad position? Is he Eugene Melnick's buddy? Are they on the same page? Is this guy just trapped like a prisoner just doing this guy's bidding like a, like some sort of, you know crazy scenario where the guy's being like manipulated what's who is pierre dorian and i don't know i feel so bad for him well yeah that's that's the thing like uh i i don't the problem is i don't know who's pulling the trigger on these moves you know like i i want to criticize the duchene move i really do but who do i point the finger to is it pierre dorian because he actually has control here or is it, or is it Eugene Melnick basically, you know, calling all the shots, 
saying which managerial moves to make and and P- and Pierre's basically the guy who has to take the hit for it you know i don't know maybe they have a maybe they have an agreement maybe he's saying you can stay on the job you can keep getting the money you know you can keep getting the salary but you're going to be to blame for all these moves and i'm not going to be the blame i'm basically going to be hiding behind you you're going to take yeah. all the bullets mm-hmm. so it is weird cuz no one really knows the truth there and when he gives these interviews, Pierre, he just looks sad. He looks oh, like someone who's being dominated and controlled yes, exactly. by someone else. Exactly. Um, you know, so I, I, it's 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 a very dirty situation, and and I and I and I want I want someone to get to the bottom of it. I I want some investigative journalism done down. I want some boots on the ground. I want Gary Bettman on the ground there to solve what's going on there. Oh, and 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 I I. You know, it's just a mystery. It's yeah. all a mystery. And that's the question is, when does he step in? Does, can mm-hmm. he step in in this situation? I, I don't know the answer to that. But there's going to be a point where these Ottawa, fan, these Ottawa fans, if they have any strength in them, they, they rally, they petition, they, they do something to make their voice heard on this matter. Like, get this guy out of here. They already have the billboard around the city, like Melnick out or whatever it was. But uh, like so far, Batman has just been super cool about it. He's he says he trusts in in Eugene Melnick and and he's saying all the right things. But at some at some point, the dam's got to break, Nick. This no one wants to play here. Like that is a cold hard fact. You're you're not going to get any free agents as long as this man is here. You won't get any free agents because he's made it clear with his comments and his actions that. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to sign these guys. Like these young guys or these these prime age guys, he will not sign them to a prime contract. Like he will. He's not willing to sign Eric Carlson. He wasn't willing to give Mark Stone the money that he wanted. It's nasty, and and this team is not going to have success with this guy around. It's just a. It's a fact. Well, to address that, did you hear the most recent news about the president? They're looking for a president, and he wants him to be uh, Brian Murray-like. That, that's what I heard. Well, I, I only think good things can come from a president because he's kind of the missing gap between the GM and the owner. <clears throat> Something Agreed. that the Leafs had. You know, they bring in a Shanahan, the president, mm. and he's kind of in between Lamorello and Vapcock, and, yeah. and he's, he's just masterful, masterful strokes. And, and just doesn't make a mistake and, and, and builds the team to a championship caliber, which they are right now. And and I, I think, you know, having a guy there, adding someone to this chain of command, so it's less a, a domineering, you know, structure with Melton like calling all the shots. I, I think you have you bring in a strong presence, someone who won't get ruled like a puppet like Dorian. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and and he just calls all the shots, you know, bring in Pierre Maguire. You know, bring oh, him yeah, back to right. Ottawa. Have yeah, him right. call all the shots. He he'd teach Melnick what, what what's up, you know. The problem here is Nick. Who is hiring this guy? Is it Dorian or is it Melnick? Because Melnick's mm-hmm. only going to hire a guy that he, that sees eye to eye with him. I'd love for Dorian to hire this guy just to be as like you know what, act as a buffer. Let me do my thing and keep this guy in the background. Because if you remember how Brian Murray was, God rest his soul. He was just a really well-respected guy. And if you remember correctly, we didn't hear almost anything out of Melnick when Brian Murray was around. Like, that team wasn't in the news mm-hmm. for any bad reasons. All you heard was, you know, it's a True. Cinderella story. You remember the Hamburglar run? I want this team to do well. 
everything about the Ottawa Senators was this team is easy to cheer for. You know, they're they're a scrappy bunch. Like it, it's a great little scenario here. And when Murray left, maybe maybe Melnick found some sort of need to fill like a different role to get more involved. Like he just seems like he's way too involved and in that he's pulling a lot of these strings and it's just gone such downhill from there, you know? Yeah, no, that's a very good question. And then the second question to be asked is who this man will be. And and yeah. I heard I heard rumors of, of Peter Shirelli making oh, a comeback. No, no, no. I'm sure a lot of people are hesitant about that one, but oh, no. he's a, apparently he's a strong candidate, you know. Uh, he still has the success he can hang on to in Boston. He's a he's an Ottawa local. He's a trained attorney. Um, I I think I think it would be very fascinating if you added a, a guy like that into this into this you know shithole of personality. Nick, if fascinating but not good though. That's like I want this to. <laughs> no, improve. I don't know. I'd love I'd love to just watch from the outside because I'm not a Sens fan. Um, but yeah, no, that's a good point. I don't know if any good could come of that, given oh, his recent track record. Yeah, that's. That's nasty. I, I don't know who this is going to be, but it's going to have to be a strong character mm-hmm. and, and someone who's just willing to say, hey, listen, you're the owner. Pay up the money and shut up. Just get out. I don't want you. You don't need to know that we have seven. You, you don't have to say that you have 17 draft picks in the next three years. It doesn't even concern you right now. Don't even don't even talk about the team. Just shut your mouth. Like, that's what this guy needs to do right now. Mm. Otherwise, he's gone. Like, so something is going to break and someone's going to find a way to get him out of there. Mm-hmm. But that that's Melnick for you. That's Melnick. Mm-hmm. Do you want to move on to the next guy? Yeah, no, I think we hit on uh, a lot of a lot of a lot of buttons there. But like I said, I, I love the Mendez thing. When you criticize media members and it just backfires like that, I just yeah. it's so good. Did you see his his later tweet, Ian Ian's later tweet? No. About the that? daughter? No. So he posted a photo on Twitter, and this was just totally an example of taking the high road. He basically he posted a photo of a, a bouquet of flowers and gifts, uh, and it was from Eugene Melnick to Ian Mendez's daughter, who was who just had a surgery, and it said, "Get well soon from Eugene Melnick." So he he actually put up an example of Eugene being a good guy, and saying, mm-hmm. and he tweeted saying like. You know, not everyone is, you know, who we think they are. There's a good side to Eugene as well. So he took the ultimate high wow. road, even though he just got called Bush League. Right, and you're wondering, right, like, right. what is the relationship here? Like, yeah. like, how does he know your daughter had surgery and, and now he's calling you Bush League? What, like, wh- it almost makes it, well, it certainly does make Eugene look even worse. Because it's like, mm-hmm. what, who is this guy? What is the relationship here? It doesn't make any sense at all. But I, I praise Ian Mendez for that because he just looks like a total badass in that situation. Yeah, I guess he kind of does. <clears throat> All right, Bob Nicholson. Hmm. So it's a short little background piece on what was going on here. So Bob Nicholson, I believe, is the CEO slash president of the Oilers. Is that correct? I believe so, yeah. he's Yeah, he's definitely not the owner. He's definitely not the GM. And uh, he was at a season ticket holder... Um, like meet up or basically he goes in to explain to the season ticket holders, you know, what happened and why they should renew their, their shit. Something like something along those lines. He's, he's trying to get season ticket holders back. So I'm going to read you just a flurry of quotes. 
and each one is better than the next. <laughs> All right, so regarding the Oilers' season, quote, Toby Reader will not be signed by the Edmonton Oilers at the end of this year. Toby Reader was a player that other teams wanted. He came here for one year because he wanted to play with Leon Dreisaitl, who plays with him on the German national team. He thought if he wasn't playing with Leon, he'd be playing with Connor, and he'd score 15 or 16 goals, and instead of making $2 million, he'd sign a four-year deal at $3.5 million. Toby Reader hasn't scored a goal. Toby Reader has missed so many breakaways. If Toby Reader had scored 12 to 14 goals, we'd have probably made the playoffs. So what are your initial thoughts on these quotes? Honestly, I was shocked. And and I, I got to apologize to everybody because about a month ago on this very show, I, I brought up this man. Didn't know much about him, but, you know, I quoted my good friend, the peanut. And, and he said... Listen, this man is an honorable man. After the World Junior, he did a he did a debrief when they lost, and 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 after, he he purged all the bad names off the organization, and he made great you know moves, managerial moves, and they went on to win four gold medals. And and how honorable he is, and how how well he conducts himself, and and the team that he owns or that he governs over, and and I was I was beating the same drum, and I'm like, man, this guy sounds like the shit. And and after hearing this, I'm like, boy, oh boy, Pierre must have got this wrong. Like he must not know this guy very, because to me, this just this is pretty bad. I mean, like wh- what? I know things aren't going your way, and you're in it's been a long season in Edmonton, but to call out players individually in public, I mean, that's uh, that that's harsh, is it not? Coward, absolute coward. You're. Who has the gall to go up on a on a booth on a, in front of a microphone and blame your season on one guy and it's a depth player? You you gotta be like, if this isn't isn't the worst excuse of making up, the worst sorry the worst example of making up excuses on on why your management group screwed up, then I don't know what is like <laughs> I simply don't know. Yes. Tobias Reader had a bad season. But guess what? If your season revolves around Toby Reader's ability to score goals and in clutch moments, then you're doing something wrong. Now I'm sorry, like this guy, it, it's the worst little bit of management character I've ever seen, Nick. I've never seen someone call out one player and blame it all on one guy. Now this guy must feel like absolute dog shit i if i was him i wouldn't even lace up the skates i would fake some sort of injury because i'm not playing for this team anymore oh yeah no no intention in coming back i mean bob nicholson doesn't know anything about playing in the nhl being a professional athlete in general so the fact he's criticizing someone for for his you know statistical numbers that's just that's just uncalled for and uh, you know, did did he issue an apology or something? Because I'm sh- he must have. Did he not? He issued an apology. Yes. Yeah. There we go. Well, yeah. That that's good. That's the Bob Nicholson I've heard of. So that that's good. But man, yeah, it's 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 he should be you know ashamed and and to, for yeah for reader. I mean, you have no business coming back to Edmonton. You move on. No. And 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 I'm not a reader fan. I never have been. I don't really like the player on on the ice that I see as advertised but mm. 
to go to go to this length to criticize someone. I mean, it's just absolutely uncalled for, not only in hockey, our sport, but just in professional sports in general. Yeah, and I think what we've also learned here is we can't trust Pierre Maguire's judgment of character. Because if Pierre went to bat uh, yeah. for this guy, I mean... It shocked me. Does he really know him? Does he, is he just going off on a limb here? I think he is. I think he is. Yeah. No, uh, it sounds sounds like that to me. Very much so. Well, I want to bring... I want to say one more thing, Nick, about a guy that you really respect, and he's one of your favorite guys. Quote-unquote, one of the best character guys in the league. Now, we've all known in over the past couple of years about the Drew Doughty-Matthew Kachuk feud. Now, we've seen in the past Kachuk just get right under Doughty's skin, do anything a pest could possibly do to take a star player off his game, and Doughty has fallen for it each and every time. Like, Doughty's played the victim here, and he's been juked hard by this Matthew Kachuk fellow. So, they're playing tonight, Nick. And the, the the microphones were in front of Dowdy, you know, shaking. And so, Drew, well, what do you think of Matthew out there? And I'm going to read you a couple of quotes. <clears throat> Quote, I've got no respect for him. None. I respect everyone else. I'll never talk to him off the ice. But I'm used to it and know how to deal with it. He's entertaining for you guys, but he's not respected by most of the people in the league. It's not just me. That's just a fact. And that's just a couple of quotes there, Nick. And I mean, that's not all of it. Like Drew Doughty just seems like such a whiny little baby in this in this scenario. Do you think Matthew Kachuk's reading this and, and, and he's sad about it? Matthew Kachuk's reading these quotes and, and Doughty's saying, I don't respect him. He's just a pest and he's a bitch and nobody respects him. Like, you know what that's doing to Matthew? He's licking his chops. He's, he's saying... I'm ready to get going here. This guy is an absolute bitch, and I, I've gotten him off his game. Like Dowdy sounds like an absolute coward in this case, and and your 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 character guy here is he's he's looking awfully frail here. Doesn't Kachuk look like the guy with worse character? Being a guy, a guy's going to the length, an honored guy like Dowdy, a guy much respected and revered in the league, is 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 calling out a player like this. I I'd I'd if I were a player, if I'm a young rookie in the league. Who am I listening to here, Dowdy or Kachuk? I'm listening to Dowdy, am I not? So if he's saying this guy's a shitty guy, then I'm gonna I'm gonna follow Drew, right? No, I th I thought the exact same way before, but I mean after I I read these quotes and and here's the thing, Drew Dowdy, the the consummate professional that we thought he was, would say, yeah, it doesn't bother me. Like he he if he was the professional that we think he is, he wouldn't be calling him out like this. He wouldn't be saying st like immature shit. Like yeah, no one respects him, not just me. No one in the league respects him. No, like now I'm looking at this and I'm going, okay, Matthew Kachuk has a quality about him, and Marshawn has it, Gallagher has it, sometimes Domi has it, where you're a pest and you get under the player's skin to get them off their game. It, it's a quality that is tangible and can be measured by you know, by how much they get them off their game and people value that. And all I'm seeing right now is that Kachuk is excellent at his job. Dowdy has always played like shit whenever they're matched up against each other. And uh, he'll do the thing like I saw on, on a highlight. He'll do like a fake dive whenever Kachuk's near him and look right at the referee. And it's just sad. It's just sad to see a professional get so, so toyed with by this young player. It's just... 
It's a bad look for Doughty. I'm gonna. It's a bad look for Doughty. What do you expect him to say? I like I said, if he was smart and and a professional, he he'd just say, yeah, he's he tries to get me off my game, but uh, I don't really worry about that kind of stuff. Like that is the the boring gray answer that you're supposed to say. Like I'm telling you, Kachuk's reading this and he's getting fired up. I'm telling you right now, he's getting fired up on this. Well, I'm not surprised because I I don't. When we say Drew Doughty has character, and we spoke about this a few days ago, it's not necessarily the, this guy has hockey smarts. You know, he has the wit, you know, the wit of a hymen. You know, mm. it's, it's not there. He's Hell, he probably has the IQ of, you know, a 40. He has an, a 50 oh IQ. God. Like, he's, he's a dummy. He kind of oh, comes nice. off as a dummy, let's be honest. Absolutely. In his interviews, he does. But I like him because he's just an energy guy. And the dressing is one of the loudmouths who gets everyone fired up. And uh, he embraces the California lifestyle. And he signs there, even though the team's not doing well, because he likes it there. And he's not going to let the media or the city of Toronto dictate what he does. And that's why I respect him and why I'd want him on my hockey team. Uh, I'm not. I'm not saying he's a smart guy, and maybe he doesn't say all the right things in the media. That's for sure. I mean, just look last year when he got suspended in the playoffs against Vegas, right? He called. He called the the decision to suspend him horseshit in public. Yeah, and 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 people love that because of how blunt he is and how much he just says the truth, which which I think is much needed in this league nowadays. And, and, and he's not, and, and this was another scenario like that. He's just speaking the truth. You know, he can take the honorable route, but he's just saying what's on his mind. And you may not agree with it, but he's given the media what they want, which is gossip and something that people like us can talk about. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I might be playing some, you know, like I might be, you know, throwing a curveball here and, 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 and stuff like that. But I just, I, 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 you know, I, I embrace the guy. I like his character, what I've defined as his kind of character. And this, to me, is just more of that. I may not agree with what he said, but, you know, I, I'm still going to defend my guy because he's one of my guys. Mm. I just, <clears throat> I'm interested to see what happens tonight because, you know, there's going to be, you know, rumblings between those two and, and what comes of it. I mean, if he it's was also, smart. In fairness, it's it's a long year and it's been a long year in LA. So oh, if there's sure. some if there's some tension brewing, if there's some, you know, if they're a little mad and, and he's saying stuff like this, then then, you know, you got to understand it's been a long year. He's not used to losing. This is the first time they're not making the playoffs where, you know, they, they don't they make the playoffs pretty consistently. So mm, to I me, guess. I mean, he's he's an emotional guy and he's in this tough moments just getting to him, you know. Well, he's going to have to get used to losing because they're going to be. Yeah, losing he does. A lot. Yeah. Like, yeah, he he absolutely traded the city the lifestyle for winning mm-hmm. but but he's won already he's won two so did yeah. he make the wrong call some people would say he didn't mm. no I, i'm in that boat because he's got what he wants is the lifestyle he's got two rings he's got two rings and in the he's in the best city in north america mm, disagree by a lot a lot <laughs> you've never been i know but you're an armchair expert He's probably never been any like to other places, and you've never been to other places, so neither one of us can comment. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's a nice city. He chose well. I've been to both Toronto and LA. I mean, it's pretty oh. evident what's the nicer city. Hey, I'm not saying Toronto's anything nice. I'm just saying, like, there's other places, like yeah, sure, uh, there's other places. Winnipeg. But those were the two. Those were the two to choose from, right? 
You know, no, there were no. the people saying go home and there were the people saying stay where you are and he stood where he is. Yeah, sure, I guess so. I wouldn't want him in Toronto anyways. Mm. Bad character. Not a fit, eh? Bad, bad character. Bad character, eh? Okay. Babcock would not like him. Yeah, I could not see those two personalities getting old. No way. They, yeah, um, he would not listen to Babcock. Yeah, no. But they've been on Team Canada before. They have. Been a big part, he's been a big part of their titles, so. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they could there's coexist. Something. Yeah. Yeah. It just seems like there's no room for boisterous personalities on, on a Babcock team, you know? Like, doesn't it seem like that? Like, he just crushes all your uh, your happiness in a way. <laughs> like, I'm sure Mitch Marner is just such a colorful character, but we only get to see so so much of it before Babcock just snuffs it out. Right. But, yeah. No funny business. Yeah. Now, you said uh, you had something to say on the San Jose Sharks? Yeah, I, I did. Um, they, uh, I Basically, because this week I was playing Mitch, I got to see a lot of San Jose games. They they had, they had played quite the big role in our matchup. And me being the San Jose fan, it was a good opportunity me for kind of to see what the state of the unions, the, the state of their plays at. Yeah. Um, they have fallen well past in the race for the top spot in the Pacific Division. They're now six points clear, something like that. They're now only something like five points ahead of Vegas, who are on the verge of leapfrog- leap- leapfrogging them for the second spot. So things are not looking bright there in, in Northern California. Yeah. And, uh, what, what, you know, if you're really looking for something to blame here, it's it, it's got to be the goaltending. And, and I just wanted to bring that to light. I was watching some games... You know, and anytime you have a coach calling out the goalies, it instantly, you know, gets my attention. I, I want, wanna, I love that, you know, of, of a of a coach pointing the finger at one single player publicly. It's bad. It's, it's, it's kind of, it's fascinating. It really is. And something about an entire team's future hinging on one personality is fascinating. It doesn't happen mm-hmm. in a lot of team sports, but for hockey goaltenders, it's a reality that a lot of them have to live with. And it just so happened, you know, Martin Jones and Aaron Dell were part of a verbal assault by Coach DeBoer um, in a in a in a loss to the LA Kings, a three-two loss, where they were leading the game two-one heading into the third period on a Friday night. Um, Martin Jones led in a cookie two-two goal, oh. and uh, in in his interview after the game, when asked how he saw the third period, DeBoer went on. Went straight to 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 a to the shot that beat Jones, the cookie, and he said, "Quote, well, the two-two goal, did it go straight in?" Question mark. I haven't seen it yet. He asked the reporters. When provided the answer, the Sharks coach said, "If it went straight in, then it's not a great goal. We need a save there." <laughs> so, pr- pretty uh, pretty pretty blunt right there. And then the following night. They're in Anaheim. They're doing the LA Anaheim back to back. They got Aaron Dell and Net. I spot started the man, mm. and uh, you know, again, emotional game. Um, it's uh, it's it's a three three game. Goes or sorry, overtime. Yeah, three three game goes into overtime, and Anaheim wins the game four three. Aaron Dell had something like uh, he 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 saved like sixteen of twenty. Not a great st- statistical game by any stretch. No. And, uh, yeah, ba- ba- basically said that, uh, you know, quote, you can't lay it at one guy's feet, but when you can't win the win in this league with an 800 to 900 save percentage, you know, you can't. Ooh. So you've got to find a way to get an extra save. 
Ooh, again. Again, just low key shade. Um, yeah. You know, it's just, it's just, he's just tossing it out there. And uh, Kyle, I mean, you can't really blame the guy. If if you look at the NHL stats right now, the team with the worst team save percentage, none other than the San Jose Sharks, sitting at eight ninety one. Really? So yeah, uh, you you're surprised to hear that, aren't you? Yes, I am. So the team with the worst team save percentage is a top eight team in the league. Can you believe that? That blows my mind. I, I didn't even that, know they that, scored yeah. their pro outscored their problems like that. That that's exactly what they've done. And and if anything, we've learned that you cannot maintain that style of play in the playoffs. You can't just outscore no. your problems. That's that's been of much uh, you know discussion. Hell, they're a top five team, top five team with an eight ninety one save percentage. It's ridiculous. Mm. So to me, this is one of the most interesting teams to watch going into the postseason because they've clinched. You know they're going to be there. And their sole problem comes down to one man, and that's Martin Jones. You know Aaron Dell's not going to get starts in the playoffs. He's just no. not the guy getting paid. He's not the guy with playoff experience. Martin Jones is the guy there. And so the fact that one team's future hinges on one personality, which you cannot say about any other team in the league, it's just fascinating. And I just wanted to bring that to light. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I think it's going to be very interesting how this team shapes up because this is a team that, you know, by all, you know, by by all indication is, quote, all in. They they, they got yep. the Eric Carlson for one year. You know, they, they they they've made it known that a lot of contracts are expiring, lots of old bodies there. And, and this could be the end for guys like Joe Thornton. You know, Joe Pavelski's not getting any younger. So it's 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 a very fascinating scenario team to watch for sure. Well, it's not only fascinating, it's awful. Like it's it's almost I, like Yeah, but I find that fascinating. You know, the journalist oh, yeah. is seeing all these things and I'm like, "Boy, there's a lot of cooked up drama there. How's this going to oh, yeah. all you know, how's this all going to fig figure itself out, you know?" I mean, there there's a bit of writing on the wall, and right now the writing is is pretty nasty like have we heard about what eric carlson's doing with his injury how's he doing he's still slowly getting his way back to me the by the sounds of it they're going to try to get him you know one or two reps before the playoffs and then that's yeah he'll be back he'll be back for the playoffs it's just they're not rushing him back you know to be here tomorrow or something you know i mean so so much hinges on this playoff run you've got guys to sign you're you're getting older in a hurry uh, you're not getting any younger here. And at the end of the day, Nick, the writing that's on the wall is it's all spelling out Vegas Golden Knights. And it's not looking good for the San Jose Sharks if they have to play them because they're looking po as poised as anybody in the West to, you know, I mean, since the trade deadline, Nick, they're the best team in the NHL. Like they're better than Tampa since the trade deadline. They have done barely any losing. So, I mean, it's going to take a hell of a, hell of a effort, uh, maybe even a miracle to beat the Vegas Golden Knights. If you're a team, like you said, with goalie problems and a bad team save percentage and, you know, maybe not, uh, not uh, all clicking as a group here under, under this, this, this coach here, like it's not, it's not looking good for this team. Well, it, might, no, it might be disastrous. They're clicking. They're, they're clicking. You look at the statistics. Kyle, that's what I'm saying. What's so fascinating is this team is up there in every statistical category. They're limiting, you know, scoring chances against. You know, one one other thing I didn't say about the Arundel game was 
Kyle, in the air in the, in the Arendelle game, they only had six scoring chances against the 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 San Jose Sharks. The Anaheim Ducks only had six scoring chances, and they scored four goals. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. So, to me, this is an elite team, top to bottom. They got the forward depth. They got the depth on defense when Carlson's back. And yet, the one thing holding them back is the single guy in net. Mm. It's fascinating. It's just it just is. And what jumps out at me when I'm looking at the standings here, Nick, is I look at the home record, twenty three eight and five. That's incredible. That's a, that's a hard place to play. There's yeah. a few places hard to you know. You look at Vegas is tough to play in. Winnipeg's tough to play in. Nashville tough to play in. But the Shark Tank. You know, you ask a lot of former players, lots of players in the game today, where they hate to play, what just flusters with them, San mm-hmm. Jose. Wow. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty surprised to hear that, to be honest. Why is that? I thought it would have been just kind of a tame, regular building. Tame, eh? Yeah, and the yeah. fans aren't, you know, yeah, no, apparently the way it's structured, the way the fans sit on top of you, you know, the way the sharks, he- the players run out of the shark's head to start the game. Mm. It's a. It, I've never been. I really want to go to a game. If the I'm Leafs sure you play do. them in the final, I'll, I'll be there for sure. Wow. Um. Yeah. It's 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 kind of fascinating. Yeah. So just to end off the show here, Nick. Quick word on the Habs. We got to get to them. They've been very interesting in this last week. I mean, they they started off the week kind of tough, but I, I'm really really proud of the effort that I've seen from this team. I mean, starting on Thursday from the Islanders, you had. Uh, like just a, an excellent effort, low scoring game. I think that was a two nothing game, two one game, uh, and then you had that weird kind of Buffalo game on Saturday where the score got a little bit out of hand, but they showed they can, they got their scoring touch back, and then yesterday was just just a tough Carolina matchup, and, and I'm sure, and you sent me the the uh, the little athletic article there, which shed some good light on on how that was kind of tough for them. But those, they went in against a really good Carolina team. They were playing a back-to-back on the road, and the travel wasn't so easy. And uh, what we saw was just, I mean, Price has been unfreaking believable in this last week. Like, he just looks like he's playing as good as he ever has. His focus is razor sharp. It was just a heartbreaker, the, the tying goal there. It went in right off Jordy Ben. He had no chance. And then... You know, that was late in the third, and the seeds of doubt come in. And then what we had was, uh, now I'm just going to say it. Uh, I, heard, I was listening to the radio here, and people were saying Claude Julien got outcoached in the, in the, in the overtime there. Hmm. And I think he's done a, a really good job in this past week. But how it all played out was uh, he had double-shifted Paul Byron, and I don't necessarily blame him for that because Paul Byron was having a, a great overtime there. He double-shifted Paul Byron, and that's why Byron had to go make an, a very ill-timed change, which left uh, the players exposed for a two-on-one where Svechnikov came in and uh, sniped five holes. So it was uh, it was unfortunate, uh, and, you know, Duran had not seen the ice all over time. As soon as he stepped on the ice, Nick, is when the goal was scored. So he's got a minus. He's got a minus on the game winner, even though that's wow. the, like he didn't have any part to play in it. So that's just how how Duran's night's gone. And just a, quickly on Duran, I know he had two points against the Islanders, and that was actually 4 nothing. I, I pardon me there. 
Uh, and man, nothing's changed. He got those points and, and nothing's changed. Uh, his effort level hasn't really improved. He's seen less than 10 minutes of ice time. Like Carolina, he, he had nine minutes of ice time. And his, his line, along with Kotkaniemi and, and sometimes Armia there, they're pretty well benched at the end of the game. So they're now the fourth line, pretty much. So um, Duran doesn't ap- appear to be part of the solution at the moment. But, I mean, it's right now it's just Julian's got them on this really good defensive structure. Um, it, they look like they're doing a great job, with, and Price looks all-worldly. And uh, I, I'm confident in this team's ability to just outweight outgrind uh, opponents down the stretch here and and really make a push here to solidify their place yeah i mean uh, i don't watch a lot of hab games i certainly have not this year but this one last night actually it was the first one in a very long time i watched in its entirety mm. and uh yeah i mean you've you've basically echoed all my takeaways i had three takeaways I was very impressed with their. I like their game in the in the in the first and the second period for sure. Um, I, I I to me they've changed just dramatically. The old Habs I knew were lazy. Well, they weren't lazy. They were just boring to watch. There just wasn't much there that I that I got excited about. And now they're just so fast, and I and I love their style of play. They're just a, they're a bunch of little feisty you know guys. And, and the, like the Gallagher's and the Byron's and just they're 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 speedy and they're smart, and and there were just so many plays there in the first and second period that I was very impressed with, and then by the third period they just looked like a team that was out of it. You know they're on a second half of a back to back long long travel from Montreal. Mm-hmm. You know Carolina they got to sleep in their own beds for their own back to back, so it, it it proved itself in that final third period. Um, Carey Price. I mean, I don't watch a lot of Hab games, so this probably doesn't mean much, but he was probably the best I've ever seen him play. I mean, if he had a shutout in that game, I would have called it the best Carey Price performance I ever seen. He was wow. amazing. He looked so poised. The way yes. he was just standing and moving and his in his demeanor, he just looked so locked in. And and you could tell he wanted that game because when that goal redirected off Ben, a very rare Carey Price you know, he, he he let off a big f bomb after that goal. You see his reaction; hmm. he he is cheesed, and and yeah. often he doesn't show much body language, very stoic. Mm-hmm. But the Jordy Ben deflection that that hurt. Um, yes. it, it, the way I saw it, and then of course, yeah, I mean the Druan line; it's gone from being the second line to the third line to now being the fourth. You know, nine minutes of ice time that is fourth line minutes. Um, something's not clicking, and and we saw that the night before. You know, when they hosted Buffalo, he didn't show any f- any effort on the uh, Johan Larson third goal there. And, uh, you know, we, we saw the hand wave, the patented hand wave. When a, when, yeah. a, when a player's reacting that way, raising his hand up and giving shit to the ref after a goal, you know, he's just he's just in a different headspace and he's just not engaged in the game. Mm-hmm. And, and you could tell him and Julian, they're not getting along right now. Um and 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 it's bad. His game needs to step up here going into the playoffs. Like we said last week, this is a guy who's known to raise his game in the, in the highest of moments. And just given this trajectory, I can't see that happening. I don't care what the stats say. If he doesn't get his act together in the next seven games, then uh, then I can't not see him stepping up in the playoffs. I just can't. I can't figure it out, Nick. I really can't. And it's. It's just so disappointing, and I was hearing rumblings on Montreal radio 
saying that there might be some sort of disagreement or rift between Claude Julien and, and Druen, but I mean, Claude just seems like such a soft-spoken kind of guy. It, it doesn't appear to me like that he would, you know, push a guy's buttons the wrong way like this. So I don't understand that aspect of it, but I, I don't know what to say to this kid. Like all you have, all you have to do is is hustle, and I and I don't care how many points you put up. Like at least hustle. You're capable of skating. It's not like you're fucking tired out there. It just doesn't make sense to me, and it, it's hard to watch. But you know, watching this team now, I, I can't really think about them. I just have to, you know, cheer on the team for all the guys who are trying really hard and. You know, you got Gallagher's out there just going to war for this team, and Domi's done nothing but impress. It's it's really fun to watch guys like this, but I mean, we we have to sw- sweep the Druen thing under the rug until you know he surfaces, and I don't know when that'll be. But they're again, yeah, they're gonna need him if they want to do anything this year in terms of success. Um, oh, there's one more thing I want to. To touch on, well, I, yeah. I I just want to touch on you know everything riding on this Thursday game, oh, Thursday night, huge. They will they will be in Columbus, a huge. raucous atmosphere, one of the toughest places to play in my mind, and the way no, the standings look like right on. now, I mean, Columbus they took care of business in Vancouver last night, a statement five nothing win, shutout for Bobrovsky, Pierre Luc, your boy, you know, yeah. stood up with two points, yeah. Um, it's been it's been you know a raucous raucous year there in, in, in Columbus, but the reality is they 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 control their fate. They got about six seven games left. They get the Montreal game Thursday. It's a four point game as we say when those you know two teams play against each other. You win that in regulation. That's that's four points in your huge pocket. It's going to be big. And and one take I really appreciated that I heard was this is single handedly the most important game. And the Yarmo Kekalainen and John Tortorella era, <laughs> which gave, just shivered down my spine. I'm like, wow, that that's actually very true. Absolutely, this is, this is huge. All, all the years in Columbus, this whole whole rebuild, the drafting of du, Dubois, the acquiring of Panarin, it all leads to this yes. one game. Who gets into the playoffs? This is going to decide it, and this will inevitably decide the future of of John Tortorella and and Yarmo Kekalainen. So. Super, super invested in this game on Thursday. Wow, way to build the drama for the game. That's awesome. Oh, I'm great. They they should just hire me right now. <laughs> yeah, <time>. like <laughs> to frame it like that, and I haven't heard it framed like that anywhere yet. To frame it like that is is perfect, and it, and it really tells you there's way more on this for Columbus than there is for Montreal. Like Montreal's fighting the, for the playoffs, yes, but they didn't even expect to be here. Columbus, they have their whole organization's future riding on this game. I can't wait to see who steps up and who and who disappears. And I can't wait to see how John Tortorella reacts before, during, and after the game. It's going to be unbelievable. I cannot wait for this. This is going to be amazing. <laughs> Storylines, yeah, narratives. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah, no, just just hear, hearing you talk about it is exciting and uh... You know, it's it's funny because inevitably with the way Carolina won last night and the way they're they're rolling, and you look at the points they have compared to these teams, it looks like they're going to secure either the top wild card or a third spot in the Metro. So, mm. you know, essentially these two teams, Montreal, Columbus, are fighting for who plays Tampa. Yeah, 
Agreed. That is that Absolutely. sounds. As bad as that sounds, I don't think it matters in their minds. For them, for Montreal, if they just get in, that's a huge accomplishment given what where they were projected to. And for Columbus, for them just to get in would probably be uh, a good silver lining given just how much of a roller coaster this mm. this, this this season's been. So yeah, mm. it's gonna be it's gonna be very fascinating. Yeah, I I don't see I don't see Pittsburgh falling to to Carolina. They just won tonight. Um, but I don't, do you I don't see think... Carolina falling? You know, I, it almost oh, looks no. like they're no. Exactly. I I think Carolina's great. St- sticking right where they are. So whoever Montreal Columbus, they're just battling to face Tampa at the mm-hmm. end of the day, which is you know it, it's a pretty grim future. But you know it's the NHL, anything's possible. So. You got to keep keep fighting for it, and it's like we want the we want the Montreal because the the Cooper Druan aspect, but you know there's there's storylines either way, so it's it's gonna be awesome, but it's uh super exciting for for Thursday, yeah. Yeah, no, I I think I think Columbus could actually give Tampa a run for their money. I think that's a scary matchup for Tampa. You know, I don't think yeah. they lose, but I I don't see that game being you know, four games or maybe even five, maybe it goes six, you know, maybe they give them a good fight. So they're at yeah. least a little bruised when they have to play Boston or Toronto. So yes, indeed. Yeah. Whereas, whereas, whereas Montreal, all, I mean, all Tampa's just run. I don't think that's a good match. Mm. It's just, it's just not, you know, maybe know, Price Nick. steals the game. Maybe he steals the game, but, but I see that Tampa in five. So, but imagine unless he's, your, he's your boy, st- unless your boy Drew has got something to say about it, right? Uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't. Know. I'd love to to believe that, Nick. But I, I think if anything is to happen there, I, I say if Price steals a game early and he forces Cooper to switch a game plan, I know Cooper's not you know like that. But if that happens and they try to force things and he gets into their head, then maybe maybe miracles can happen. But. Yeah, let, let's not count Duran into anything on uh, on on the playoff front. Let's get him going in the regular season first. Right. Yeah, he might be a healthy scratch in the play if he doesn't get. Hey, I wouldn't so. be surprised, honestly. At this trending, at this yeah. rate, that's w- the way it's trending. Absolutely. I'd rather have Dale Weiss. You're you're playing your former team in their barn playoffs, and you're not even. Oh, that'd be awful. Awful. Absolutely awful. And, and I don't know Co- how he'd react given Co- his ego we've seen in the past. What oh, would he, he be? What do we do? He would ask for a trade. That's what he would do. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> trade me where? Trade me where? This is your favorite team. This is your boyhood team. Where are you going to be <laughs> traded now? Right. He wants to go to like a, a a San Jose where they don't care about hockey as much. Right. Right. He'd he'd fit there admirably. No, he wouldn't. He wouldn't. A low-key, low-market team? I think so. Hmm. Maybe. But, yeah. Nick, unfortunately, we have to end. We we. Uh, it's been a long one. We did it. Yeah. We're surprising because we thought it would be short, but fuck. Yeah. What do you know? We got a little carried away with our three-on-three talk. We did. We did. Okay. So, it was a good show, everybody. 31. We're, at, we're over the hump for, for 30 mm-hmm. episodes, and... Uh, on behalf of Nick and Kyle and the whole Rink Moose family and the three-on-three team and Nick's fantasy team, this is Rink Moose. It's been a proud show, and we are signing off. <laughs>